Hello to all my Kelly Ripa fans. It's beautiful and ominous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hey, New Yorkers. I want to let you know. I got a show coming up. I'm actually excited about it. Uh, If you don't have plans on New Year's Eve, I'm doing a thing. I'm doing a show in Brooklyn, 7 p.m. on New Year's Eve. It'll be done by 9, hard curfew. And I'm doing it specifically because I'm a new parrot. I'll stay up till midnight. And I was thinking, hey, maybe if you're someone who doesn't want to stay up till midnight, but you still want to do something fun on New Year's Eve, you come out, you see this show. It's going to be stand-up. I'm going to be getting a bunch of great people on it. And uh, you're home by 9.30. You're home by 10 o'clock. Go get your tickets at chrisgeth.com. Uh, beautiful follow-ups. Our follow-up series, it's on Stitcher Premium right now. Use the code STORIES. You get a free month of Stitcher Premium. You can check them all out. This past Friday, we talked to House Burned Down. Remember Cedric the donkey? Talk to her, see how she's doing. See if she has a house now. See how the donkey's doing. And this upcoming Friday, we hear from Out of the Closet. This was the caller who had committed to coming out of the closet but had not yet done so. So a lot of people are going to want to hear how he's doing. So check out follow-ups. This week's call, public school teacher from New Jersey. So you know right away the New Jersey stuff right there. I got enough to talk about for an hour. But we focus a lot on on the state of public schools, what it's like to be in there as a teacher, what the frustrations are, about all sorts of stuff that swirls around being a school teacher. I, I want to just say at the top, the caller immediately starts telling me, I know you hate school. You tell people to drop out of school. You hated public school. And I want to say, I, I say it in the course of the call, but uh, I'm older and wiser now, and I phrase that in smarter ways. I also, just in the spirit of what this call is, I just want to say I had a teacher in my public high school who actually did change my life. Her name's Melissa Blevins. And she was the drama teacher in my school. And she told me to take her class when I was a junior. She said, next year, you're taking this drama class. I don't know. She'd made it all about doing improv. And she specifically made a point of telling me that I was funny. And maybe if I didn't spend so much time being a wise ass, that that was actually an asset instead of a drawback. Instead of everybody else rolling their eyes at me for trying to be funny, she told me it actually was a skill. And I think... I'm one of the few people in the world who got to live his dreams, and I owe a lot of that to her. So there's a shout-out to public school and a public school teacher. Anyway, this caller is one of the good ones as well. I think you're going to hear that. Fighting hard for the right reasons and tells us all about what it's like in this world that we all know about. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? <gasps> Hi. Hi. How are you? How am I? Well, I'll tell you very honestly, I booked some acting work, which is always nice. And it's for a thing I can't talk about, but that I'm pretty excited about. But they keep bringing me out to okay. Los Angeles. And since I'm a maniac, I keep Uh, saying I would love to do this, but I need to get back to New York as quickly as possible. So I keep flying out to Los Angeles one day at a time and flying back on red eyes. So I took a red eye last night and half dead. But that's okay. That's good. That's a good reason to be that tired is because I'm working and it's all through the union, so it counts towards my health insurance. This is good stuff. 
Oh, that's good. How are you? Oh, well, I mean, uh, I'm good. Um, I'm a little, uh, I, I echo your uh, half-deadness a little bit. Um, I'm actually just, I was putting up um, uh, projects in a display case downstairs while I was on hold, and I just walked up four flights of stairs so that I could get to my uh, my classroom. Um, yes. I was wondering what you I meant am, when you uh, said you're putting projects in a display case. That's a very specific thing to yep. say. <laughs> yes. Uh, my students had, um, uh, sorry, just got here. My students had uh, their projects due this week, so we had to put them in the display cases downstairs and, uh, you know, it's always what you want to be doing after school on uh, at four thirty on a Friday. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. But um, I I do have to say I am a New Jersey public school teacher. So <laughs> God bless you. Every time you talk about school, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, but, I mean, that's, that's college. And I've amended, I'd like to think that as I, as I mature and I should have been more mature than this in my thirties. But I think that again, to reiterate where I stand now before my mom and my wife yell at me <laughs> and say, stop telling children to not go to college. I just think if you don't have specific goals in mind, maybe take a gap year and think about if you want to get six figures in debt. Because very often I have found in the real world that nobody even asks where you went to school or if you even have a college degree. But that's just me. But if you want to be a teacher, oh, yes. I, or a I doctor, yes. What's that? I I completely echo what you just said. Completely. Because as a public school teacher, um, you know, I'm this is my seventh year. And, uh, you know, I'm still paying, I'm still paying and I'll be paying for a long time. And I got, I, I'm in the best, the best, uh, uh, position that one can be. And I got a job right out of college, um, in the field that I, I want to work in. And, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, to do that and to, to start off your life with so much debt is a very daunting thing to do. Um, and so, no, I totally, and I tell my students, I mean, I, I teach elementary school, so they don't really have a concept of, you know, high school <laughs> even, but, you know, I, I do tell them school is very important, but um, it, it is important to make sure that you um, have a plan and you know what you want. And if you don't, then it's not, College is not like the only choice that you have. You do have other choices in in life and you know, you have to be smart about your decision making. I would like to think so. And I think you I'm sure this is nationwide, but I know in New Jersey too. Um, like I had a friend who taught in one of the best public high schools in the state, uh, Milburn. I'm sure you might mm -hmm. Milburn's yes. like one of the best public schools in the country, they say. And oh, I, absolutely. And I'm not trying to slam Melbourne, and I'm not trying to out this person I know who worked in that school <laughs> system, but th this friend of mine left because there was so much pressure on the teachers and the kids and the parents that it was a system where someone got a B 
parent-teacher meeting because there's so much pressure on people and so much defining, asking our kids to define themselves through the grades they get. But I don't know if that always coincides with asking them to define themselves based on the people they are and the values they have. And And I don't know if it prioritizes happiness. And I think it makes people feel like accomplishment is the only pathway to success or happiness. And that bothers me. I will say that bothers me. Yes, I I agree. But I don't blame you. Me too, because (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that because you know some people do. But I think um, (laughs) I think the (laughs) the test scores are very. uh, That is probably um, the most. I don't want to say the most refreshing. There are a lot of frustrating things, and there are a lot of amazing, wonderful things about teaching that I love and that are really, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it. You don't get it in other jobs, um, uh, this sense of fulfillment that I get. But I think um, the the focus on test scores and the fact that, you know, not only are these students, I mean, I teach nine-year-olds. Not only are nine-year-olds held to this, like, standard of, you know, this ridiculous standard, but, um, their teachers are too. And, you know, there are a lot of factors that, that come into play when a kid comes in and takes the test, um, whether it's the standardized test or whether it's an assessment that you're giving on any given day, you know, it could be, you don't know what they went through that morning at home. You don't know what, whether they're feeling okay, whether they had breakfast, whether, you know, they had a fight with their parents. I mean, there are like a thousand things, just like for teachers, there are so many things that go into our lives before we get to school and affect our performance. And I think that there's a, there's this huge focus on data in education, which I think, you know, data has a place, but it's a very human job. It's a very, it's a very, um, it's a job where you get to connect with people and you get to, um, I interact with these students. They're in my classroom all day for six hours, um, for five days a week. That's an opportunity for a connection that you can't, you can't, um, quantify with a, with a number. So I really, it's hard. I think, And there are, you know, there are teachers that are on the data wagon, and I understand that. And I I love data just as much as the next person. But I think um, to have it be the only focus is kind of dangerous because I think we have a very um, unique opportunity to influence the next generation. And obviously, I listen to your show, so I have a big focus on empathy and, and human, you know, connecting to a little human and, and influencing their lives in a positive way. And, um, I think it's, I think that's more important for me to be honest with you. I think it's more important for me to make sure that they know that they have a safe space, that they can talk to me about anything that we can work out problems. They, and creating that environment is more important to me than how they do on a test. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting environment to try to make that happen <laughs> when, you know, your evaluation is based on how they do on a test. 
at the end of the year. Well, you sound so. like one of the good ones. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I mean, I try. I really do try, but um, it's uh, it's not easy. I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to be the best human that I can be, um, but also the the environment in my school is not the greatest at the moment. Um, I don't want to say too much, but it's just, it's, that's hard, you know, when you don't feel supported and you don't feel like everybody's working as a team, it it can be a really difficult thing, um, with all of the other pressures. So anyway, now I want to say this data obsession, as you pointed out with education, Mm -hmm. I I feel like this is Mm -hmm. kind of like a societal thing, right? Like the amount I know a lot of people who work as, like, writers, and we all know this from mm-hmm. Facebook. There's times where, like, these people have to crank out 10 articles a day for websites. You can't write 10 good things a day. Yeah. You, and it's all because no. they just want the clicks, the clicks, the clicks. They want the data, the data. That's how I wind up clicking on something. It'll be like a Star Wars headline where I'm like, oh, I love Star Wars. I grew up on Star Wars. And then you click on it, and you're like... I just spent three minutes reading a thing that basically says, oh, Star Wars is a movie that exists. So I'm like, what is this? Sports, same thing. Ba- I can't watch baseball anymore. I grew up, I loved the Yankees. You know, I'm in North Jersey. You love the Yankees. Mm-hmm. If you're in South Jersey, yep. you love the of Phillies. Course. I don't know if you're a Yankee or a Philly fan. <laughs> Nobody in Jersey really likes the I Mets. Am a- Some people do. You're a Yankee <laughs> fan. True. Okay. No, no Mets. I am a Yankee fan. So I, I okay. Um, yes, from- no, I'm from North Jersey. That's great. I love that. Baseball now, everything's like, oh, this person's warp is this. Oh, the VoIP over, under. It's like, stop rambling about random numbers. I just want to see somebody. I just want to see if somebody can, like, steal a base or, or hit a double or get a home run or if a pitcher's on fire. I don't want I don't want all the commentary to be like, well, when you factor in this person's uh, replacement rate overnight. Same thing with basketball. Oh, the plus minus over, under, is this and that. It's like. Whatever happened to the old days where you just wanted to see Starks hit a three and Oakley put someone on their ass, and that's why you watched it because fun uh-huh. data. Not a yep. data. Now yeah. you, you were mentioning a lot of pressure for teachers, public school teachers. We know this. How? Just let's get into a topic that I think is very on the surface that I would love to hear a public school teacher talk about. You face all this pressure. Okay. You got to get all these test yes. scores up, even for nine-year-olds. You got the administration keeping an eye on everything. You got parents who are mad. You got kids who might have emotional problems, developmental problems, especially teaching nine-year-olds. I want to talk about that later too. A nine—that's a weird age because some of these kids maybe, yeah, maybe they're still kind of mentally six-year-olds, and then some of them. My best friend Anthony started growing a mustache in fourth grade. I was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, it's like you see these kids, weird window. yeah, That's every insane. one of my conferences, I open it up with it. This is the biggest transitional year in every single way. I so can't imagine. Just, just be prepared because yeah. I mean, it's like emotionally, physically, uh, academically, literally everything happens in the fourth grade or starts to happen. I don't want to say it happens because it doesn't but for everybody, but. Um, but you see it and then half of your class is growing mustaches and then half of your class is like crying because they didn't get a turn during, uh, you know, Simon says or whatever. And, yeah. and it's like, what, 
<laughs> it's a lot to manage. It is a lot yeah. to manage. You got one. Um, you got one kid who's like, I did, I did poopy, and then the next kid, you're like, this, <laughs> this kid already knows calculus. What is? And maybe they're the same kid. Yes. You're like, what? Yep. What is, and what is going I, and on? it is different. It, I don't know how it was in your school growing up, but um, in my school growing up, we. Um, we uh, were tracked and they had like high, middle and low classes, um, homogeneous grouping for like the core subjects for math and ELA. And now we have heterogeneous grouping, which means that in my classroom, I have all three levels all the time, all day, um, which there are pros and cons to both. I don't want to say, you know, one is better than the other. Um, but it is, it's a, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on um, at any given time, so um, yeah, it's a lot to manage. There's a, it's kind of crazy. And, um, <laughs> and like, I'll get the like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. And you'll get the what? Oh no, I'll get to like lunchtime, and like, I love my friends. <laughs> like, I have two friends in like a a group chat from high school, and I'll get to. Um, lunch and I won't even know where my phone is and I'll have like 37 messages from my friends with like office jobs who like can be on their phone and they're just texting each other and I'm like oh my god like I can't even I can't even look at anything I just need like quiet and <laughs> I'm gonna read my book and I'm gonna eat my lunch and I'm gonna make my copies and uh maybe I'll tackle that at a later time uh <laughs> because it that's also a thing you know like I don't even know where my phone is during the day. So it's just, it is, it's like a, it's a three ring circus for sure. So you're dealing with this three ring circus, parents, administration, test scores, all <laughs> sorts of uh, education philosophies that change on, on, on the state's whim. You got kids who are emotionally surging in different directions. Let's not forget you're waking up at five thirty, six in the morning every day. <laughs> It affects your literally. Yep. Yeah, you're physically exhausted. Everybody else gets to go out for a drink. You just got to go collapse at home. It affects your personal life, like you said. Your friends, you don't get to interact with them. Your dating life, I'm sure, and and all that. And they basically pay you a salary yeah. that's like a high five and an Applebee's gift certificate. <laughs> How do you feel about this? And then and no, and the best and teachers will. Uh, jump all over this. And then they're like, everybody gets excited when you can wear jeans on Friday. Ooh. <laughs> oh, ooh, we get to wear jeans tomorrow. And oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but I have to say, you know, it does, it's a, it's something that you sign up for. You know, going in that like all of this stuff is the way it is. I will say also, you don't even know until you experience it. You don't even know. Uh, it's like the difference between like when you get your, um, your uh, permit and you're driving with your parents and then like you learn more on that first day of having your license and driving by yourself. We are like, oh, oh, too close to the curb there. You know, like yeah. that is what teaching is like. It's just like, you jump into the deep end and you kind of handle things um, like a minute at a time because you have to. There's just there's nothing that can prepare you for it. And then they say education is so. the most important thing. Education is the most important thing. 
And hey, the people who are your children's guides through education, we uh, we pay you pennies on the dollar, and you might need to <laughs> you might need to pick up a side gig on the weekend. And we want to break your uh-huh. union on top of that. And we want to destroy your union. And we <laughs> and there's all this smear campaign against your union. All this stuff. Yeah, they don't like you, the teachers' you get unions. It. You get it? No. No, they don't. It's like, what do we want? We're paying teachers, what, like $30,000 a year to take care of our kids? It's got, is it more than that? It's got to be more than that now, right? It's more than that. It's more than that. Yeah, but it, so we have like an increase in pay, but now we, with Chapter 78 in New Jersey, uh, you have to pay um, an enormous amount of your health care. So like that's been something that's like, been really, uh, it, it really has affected people's salaries more than anything else. Um, it has been the healthcare because that is, it's, and healthcare is expensive for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it would be nice. Um, it would be nice to move out of my parents' house, but, uh, not really feasible for me at the moment. And, and, um, and you said, and hasn't been, really been, you said you've been teaching for seven years. Yeah. So this is. Yeah. Well. And I'm not judging at all, but you said loans and oh no, it's exa- okay, judge. No, <laughs> not judging, but for everybody listening out I there, know you. if you've ever been at a dinner conversation, dinner table conversation, where you've started going, oh, this teachers' union is the problem. Think about this. This means you're in your late 20s. You're teaching our kids. Yes. You're busting your ass. You're living with your folks, and you just said part of that is the pay issue. That's not okay with me. That's not okay. Not when someone yeah. who, not when someone's job can be. If when someone's like, I find, I find poor families whose clo- homes are being foreclosed on, and then I flip the homes after they go bankrupt, and those people can be millionaires, and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine in a capitalist society. But what's not fine with me is that you're sitting here saying, "I'd love to move out of my parents' house, but between my student loans and my health insurance and the teacher pay rate, I can't." That's the part that's not okay. Yeah. Yep. Guys, let's go ahead and pause the show. I think a lot of us might agree with what I would just went on. Capitalism has a dark side. Some might say capitalism is a disease. Anyway, we've got a lot of products and services that our sponsors like to bring you. Advertisers, uh, hey guys, check it out. Participate in the capitalist system. Uh, use the promo codes when you do. It really helps the show. We'll be right back. Thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the conversation. But between my student loans and my health insurance and the teacher pay rate, I can't. That's the part that's not okay. Yeah. Yep. I know. But also, it is also North Jersey. Uh, <laughs> rent is just astronomical. It is. It is. I'm, I'm looking yeah. into moving back there. You'll love this. Okay, <laughs> first, first thing I want to say is I knew you were from North Jersey. I knew you weren't just someone working in New Jersey, but that you grew up there. Because you, yes. you don't have much of an accent, but the way you say the uh-huh. word very, the way you say V-E-R-Y, <laughs> that's when I was like, yep, very. It's very. Very. And how do you say eight? And maybe you don't say it, but how did we grow up saying H O R R I B L E? 
Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible, horrible. Every time you imitate your mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, we do say that. Horrible, <laughs> terrible, coffee, dog, horrible. Nork. It's Nork, N-O-R-K, Nork. Anyway, I know, I knew it's so ridiculous. Now, I'm telling you, I'm, you know, I have my son now. I don't want to be raising this kid in the he city. Is so, he's so cute, by Th- the way. Thank so you. Cute. I love him. Everybody tells me he should be the next Gerber baby. This kid's cute. Seriously. Thank his you. His dimples. I can't get over everybody them. Everybody loves his dimples and his long eyelashes. And everybody <laughs> thinks he's a girl because of his beautiful eyelashes, which is such a weird <laughs> thing to say and be proud of. Uh, no, it's not. He's beautiful in every <laughs> that way. That is a weird thing. Now, you were saying North Jersey. We're thinking of moving back there because I got I, I was on the subway three days ago with a subway masturbator at two in the afternoon. I'm like, and and no one even stopped. Uh, we all, none of us even stopped him. It, he was keeping it in his pants. Uh-huh. His hand was in his pants. He didn't take it out. And everyone was like, <laughs> that's where my humanity has come to, where it's just, we're all on a train. Like, as long as you don't take it out, buddy, just finish fast. Like, I can't be in this city anymore. <laughs> but my dad says to me, he goes, hey, I spent my whole life escaping those Essex County taxes. It, you better not go back to that. So everybody know. wants to move to Maplewood know, these I, days. I can't go pay twenty grand in yes. taxes. Mm-hmm. I know. My sister, I, I have to say, my sister just <laughs> moved to West Orange and Woo. her taxes are nuts. Nuts. Nuts, nuts in there, it's my old it's hometown. Because of the um the the access to the city. Everybody's moving out of the city into Essex County because it's on that train line. Montclair, maybe. But West so, Orange, I hear West Orange is like becoming a cool spot now, which is astounding to me as someone who grew up there. It's not even on the train line. Yeah. It's like in the in between the towns on yeah, the train lines. You know, you take the Jitney to South Orange. Yeah, they didn't have the Jitney when I got I heard <laughs> about this Jitney. And I heard they turned the old Thomas Edison mm-hmm. factories into like high class condo lofts, which is insane. Because this was giant abandoned factories. My mom actually grew up on a block that was uh her house was demolished to expand the factories, and that was a rough and tumble part of town. Sometimes people will tell me now, and I'm on a tangent. People will tell me like, "Oh, you're always you talk about West Orange like it was a like it's a tough place. That's like a rich town." And I'm like, maybe it is now, but you know what? Let's talk about this mm-hmm. actually. Let's talk about this actually. Okay. This is half a teaching thing and half a Jersey thing right here. Jersey is the most densely populated state. I want you to, I, I would never ask you what district you're in. I know that that's a big no-no. I know that's a big no-no. But yes. can you speak to the fact okay. of how weird is it in New Jersey that you might be in one town in a public school that has the highest mm-hmm. rating? Like Milburn, I mentioned, one of the highest rated public schools mm-hmm. in the country. But then you might also know the reputation. The high school I went to, West Orange High, decent, but... Not a great reputation. Columbia High, where all the maple, all these people moved yep. to Maplewood, all these new, like, all the Brooklyn money's going out there. That high school is not known as being, it's, it was always known growing up, a little bit of a tough school. Mm-hmm. And they're like yeah. a five-minute drive apart, even in West Orange. Like, there are really, you might go to a school in one part of town where the elementary school is really nice, but the Washington school... Yep. I grew up down the, my first house was down the block from Washington School. My brother went there until third grade. That school was built in, I think, the 1800s, and there's trailers, classrooms in the parking lot, and some kids in some neighborhoods have it great, and some kids don't. And Jersey, it's like this, these towns next to each other where yes. some of them are rough and tumble, and then you're right next to 
real wealth mm, and affluence. Literally. Talk about this. Yep. How, th- as yep. t- I don't know yeah. what kind of school you're in, how much of these class crossovers you see, but it's a very, very interesting part of life in general. And in Jersey, since it's so dense, you see it really up close. Yes, and because there's, there's so many small towns. There's so many small towns that are really close together. And so you go from one to the other and you're like, um, it's, a, it's a huge difference. I even see it in my town, um, which is a small town. And it's like, you go from, and it's small. I mean, like maybe two square miles. And you go from one side of the town to the other side of the town. And it's like, oh, like this is the same town. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and there are even, it doesn't matter how big the district is. You could have a small town in New Jersey and have one side of town that has all of, you know, um, has, I hate to say it this way, but like two, the two family houses and people who are, um, the, the, the low income housing and all of that seems to be on one side of the town. And you have this huge dichotomy between the schools. And I mean, we see it, um, in my district, I saw it in my, I mean, my, my, the town that I grew up in is, um, we only had one elementary, one middle school, but um, it's in a lot of towns. And I think the answer, at least in, in some schools that I've seen, um, is a lot of districts are going to one, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade building, and then one um, third and fourth grade building and then having a, a true middle school instead of having multiple um, elementaries and multiple middle schools. I think to kind of cut down on the differences between, you know, one side of town to the other. That's yeah, really there's a lot of restructuring. So they're trying to make mm-hmm. sure all the kids from all areas of town meet each other early and have the, have an yeah. equal experience from, because I tell you, and again, people sometimes roll their eyes so hard, but I'm I'm 40. So I don't like you're saying, a lot of a lot of the hipsters and, and whatnot moving out to my old hometown, that's great. I want to see the place doing good, but I'm telling you, I there's two middle schools in my town. And uh my but I, I had a buddy who I went from kindergarten through college with, and we lived together two years in college, and we lived in the same neighborhood. And we lost touch and about, I don't know, in our, in our 30s, we, I tracked down his number. I actually called. I was like, I wonder if his mom still has the same phone number. And I called him and got his cell from her. <laughs> and we met up at a bar in New York. He walks in. He goes, first thing out of his mouth, he goes, dude, Edison Middle School fucked up my whole life. First thing he said. <laughs> it was like the fact that we went to wow. the, like going to the school on the rougher side yeah. of town. There was, it was tough. And then you go to the high school mm-hmm. and you see this all over New Jersey. High schools where there's kids who on their 17th birthday drive to school in a brand new BMW. And then they're, mm-hmm. they're in the same lunchroom with kids who are on food stamps. And neither, <laughs> yep. li- neither lifestyle is right or wrong. But holy shit, is that a balancing act? For people like Absolutely. you who are in the trenches, and sometimes the administrations don't want to necessarily deal with all the stuff that's happening 
and and kids yeah. who are feeling sorting think- out. Anyway, I'm on a rant. I'm on, you called it. You were you called it at the start. <laughs> I was like, no, I have no problems with public schools. And now here I am, like, oh, cl- <laughs> the class disparity, the one percent. We got to be throwing bricks through Occupy Public Schools. Anyway, it's up to you. You talk. You talk. I'm being. I will asked. be honest with you. Education, no, no. Education is like a, it's definitely one of those issues that like I found there's nobody that's neutral on it. There's nobody like there are very, let's just say there are very few people who are neutral. You either have very, very strong feelings in support of public education and, and teachers and, um, and that whole thing, or you have, a lot of resentment and, um, you know, not great feelings about public education. And it is, I think it's something that people feel like they, they know because they went through it, you know, like, so they went through public school and in my public school, this happened and, and these teachers did this. We watched movies all the time. And, you know, now if we want to show an educational movie, I'm like, freaked out I have to have like eight <laughs> reasons why we're showing it how it connects to what and it's like oh god like you know it sometimes sometimes it, it's it can be an educational tool you know like but I think that there's this perception that like um that you know we come in and you know we we don't feel like teaching, so we just throw in a movie. It's like, no, Bill Nye is actually the best, and I enjoy watching them because I learn a lot from him still. <laughs> now, Bill Nye, the sure. Kids, now, let's talk, because a lot of people also have a problem with tenure, which I don't, is that only a college thing? I forget because I'm old. No, no, it's a thing. Cause te- it's a thing. Now, how do you respond? Like, I, I get it. Like, Bill Nye, sure, absolutely. But I distinctly mm-hmm. remember taking a class on law where the teacher was tenured, and we watched the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> in high school. And that that movie's long. I mean, that ate up like a solid three yeah. or four days of class time. And I don't know if we learned much about law. Yeah. And I don't know if he would have been showing that if yeah. it was his first handful of years well, teaching. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I. I I do understand that. And usually when people say that, I, you know, I talk to friends that work in offices. Like, I just talked to my friend. She works at a at an office, and she was just like, yeah, I went in, and um, no one's here. So I'm, like, getting a jump on my Christmas shopping. I'm like, oh, that's, like, people get to do that? Like, <laughs> that's nice to not have to, you know, um fit it in on, you know, like schedule the time that I'm going to go Amazon Christmas shopping on my weekend between all of the other things that I have to do. Like, I think that that's in every industry. Sometimes, um, you know, you need a break. I I get showing movies all the time, but I don't know anybody that shows movies all the time ever. I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't happen. At least not in yeah. my school. We're all working no, really hard. Of course. And <laughs> I'm bringing up the Shawshank thing mostly for a laugh. But I understand completely well, what I you're saying. Say, is, no, it's the type of thing people... But I, but it's the thing that used to happen, maybe. And I'm sitting here going, well, that happened yeah. when I was a kid. And I was in high school and yeah. I took that class in 1996. So what what the hell do I know, really? You know? And, and you're, I'm not... And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not saying that there aren't bad teachers. Because I know bad teachers, too. 
and I'm not, I think it's, it's hard because it's such a, it's such a subjective thing. It's, um, like my favorite teacher could have been somebody's worst teacher, you know, because you're dealing with humans, you're a human and you're dealing with humans. And as a teacher, you can't, you can't, um, how do I want to say it? You can't anticipate every interaction you're going to have with, you know, 20 students every single day and make sure that they're all positive because you're a human yourself. I think you have to give as a teacher. I mean, I know I have to give myself permission to be like, you know what? You've had a hard week. The kids have been working really hard. You can take a period and, you know, watch a movie. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it's the, you know, the worst thing. And if it has um, value, but, of course. You know, I'm not I, trying to, I promise, I'm not trying to make you defend yourself. I was just, <laughs> it was a funny real reference I know my you're life. <laughs> Let me ask yes, you. Yes, of course. I mean, and then that being said, I also had a, had a, I think it was a, a criminology course in high school where we watched Seven. And yeah. I'm sure that's like all kinds of inappropriate, so. And that teacher just <laughs> needed a break. That's, but you're clearly not. Right. You're on a Friday at 4.30 p.m. hanging up your kids' projects. Like you're not someone, you, you are a person who values hard work and understands it in teaching. And I'm not, I made you defend yourself. I feel bad. I feel bad. Now, <laughs> no, it's okay. That's, that's all right. Listen, you, I got to be honest, we're used to it. I, yeah, I'm, do it. I'm sure. Spending myself. I'm sure. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been at a bar and like my friend has to be like, we're going to have to leave if you can't like engage the guy next to you who's talking about like teacher pensions and tenure. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, we have to leave because I'm going to start something. <laughs> right. And then you're like, Listen, it's 6.30 p.m. I should be getting home anyway. I've got to <laughs> grade papers and then be in bed in 45 minutes. Yeah. Or pass out on the couch with the papers on the couch with oh, you. Oh, that's a sad moment when you wake up. And you're like, oh. Yeah, it's like, it's like 2.45, 2.45 in the morning, excuse me, and you're like, oh, I guess you got pen on your face and... <laughs> now you mentioned there's some yeah. bad teachers. I don't want you to speak specifically like pot shots at people, you know, what constitutes a bad teacher? I'll tell you what I look back on. I remember teachers and some of them I liked in the moment, but the teachers who needed the kids to think they were cool. I look back on like that. All those people. <laughs> now that I'm 39 and I'm like older than a lot of the teachers, I'm like anyone who needs like a 14 year old to think you're cool. <laughs> you're you're not a, you're not a teacher. Yeah. I want my kid to be dealing with. That's my thing. I look back on yeah. like weird. But okay, for you, what's a good teacher? What's a bad teacher? Um. Well, good and bad are such difficult words to use because, like I said, like I mean, I also had a teacher in middle school that literally just. She didn't like me because she didn't like my brother. And so she, like, I got in trouble all the time oh. and I was not, I was a huge people pleaser. And I, <laughs> there was nothing that I could do. You don't know how <laughs> much we have in common. Going through school, being the younger sibling of an older brother who, oh. who fucked with teachers. I'm, oh, my brother was yep. such a oh, wise I'm, ass. And the teachers, yep. I had to prove to them, like, hey, I'm not going to. 
I'm not. Yeah, that's not me. I'm at, not. At least give me a I, chance. Really? No. And I'm one of four. Oh. So I have two, two above me and one <laughs> below me. So my, my younger brother really had to make a name for himself. Although I will say he likes to, um, <laughs> he tells the story that he, based off of what teacher he was dealing with, he would tell them whose sibling he was. So, you know, if they really like that person, yeah, he's very smart. He's very resourceful. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Before, I want you to tell me a good teacher, bad teacher, but I got a story for you that you're going to love. Okay. There's this teacher in my high school. Okay. Teacher in my high school who I actually liked, I actually liked a lot. And then one day she was very clearly having a bad day. And before school, she, in high school, in the hallway, she pulled me aside, started yelling at me about like an extracurricular club that she ran that I had been in and then had quit. Started really raising her voice. And I mean, it was before I was like, whoa, what is like immediately, even as a young kid, I was like, what is going on? Like, this comes <laughs> off. And I kept trying to walk away. And she's like, don't walk away from me. And now everybody's watching. And I was like, I just don't, I'm not into it anymore. I want to quit. And she yells. This is what I yeah. expect from a Gethard. It's a reference to my older oh. brother in front of all these people watching. And I, everybody, I just froze. And everybody watched. You felt all the kids. You know when kids like go from like, ooh, 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 to like, oh, mm-hmm. like something in a fight. That kids are saying it's real. And I was real worked up. And uh, I went back to my homeroom class and somebody asked me why I was so upset. And I ranted and raved. And then finally went to the office, and she was going to get in a lot of trouble. The administration was like, that's not good. And then my homeroom teacher, I was a young, yeah. ma- young man, surging with angry young man hormones, and in the course of me venting about it in my class, I said, and I apologize, I would never say this today, I said, I don't get it. Uh-huh. I don't get why she's being such a cunt. I don't get it. And I was an angry young man. <laughs> we were raised in North Jersey where words are often said that are regrettable yeah. words. We yeah. grew up with a lot of regrettable. And they basically said, listen, if you don't get her in trouble for disparaging your family name, then we won't get you in trouble for dropping the C-bomb. <laughs> but like you said, the young brother. Well, anyway. And oh, here's the best part. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my TV show. Oh, this is going to be a long tangent. And I'm eating up your time. I apologize, but I think you'll like this. So promo- no, you're good. promoting my TV show, I get booked on the Kelly Ripa show. Everybody, we're going to pause. We're going to do some ads, but I'm telling you, if uh, it, you're not going to want to turn this one off because you're about to hear your boy Geth go off on a tale of revenge. I know that Kelly Ripa doesn't sound like it's going to lead to a revenge redemption tale, but it does. So come back for that and more. Thanks to all our advertisers. And now let's hear more from our teacher friend. Promoting my TV show, I get booked on the Kelly Ripa show. I'm like, what? This is Uh like my mom's favorite show, Regis. This is the old Regis slut. So I go on the Kelly Ripa (laughs) show. That was also a thing. Oh, Kelly Ripa. I love it. The pride of North Jersey. Absolutely. So I go on the show. (laughs) I'm dancing with Kelly Ripa. I wear a little sweater and some nice pants. I charm her. She's so charming. So I get a message from my old history teacher who yelled at me. And she said, I can't believe you were on the Kelly Ripa show. And I said, (laughs) 
I was so mad just reading her name. And I just said, yes, I was. Tried to make it clear. I'm in my 30s now. I don't need to bow down. And there's some bad feelings. But I wasn't going to vent it. And then she said something else. And she was clearly kind of poking the bear. And she was like, uh, oh, I wish I could remember what she said. But she was like, yeah, I have so many memories of you. And I was like, really? Was one of them the time you cornered me in a hallway and yelled, that's what I would expect from a Gethard in front of a hallway of my peers, making me feel ashamed for being from my own family? Is that one of your memories? And I typed that and sent it. She was like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, yeah, no, you shouldn't have. And then we just never messaged again. you shouldn't have. Never messaged again. But I got my revenge in my 30s. I was able to say, hey, I'm a grown-up now, and I'm able to say this to you. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. And I mean, listen, no, and those are the types of uh, interactions that, like, you know, uh, what bothers me, I mean, the whole thing bothers me, the whole thing. But, like, the fact that she didn't even remember saying that, that's, ugh. Well, that, that's annoying. becoming like a D-list celebrity for a minute there, that's the thing. <laughs> All of a sudden, you see people posting on Facebook, this kid's from my neighborhood. He's the pride of down the hill, West Orange. I'm like, really? You beat the shit out of me in the Our Lady of Lords parking lot. Yep. And now you saw me, uh, yep. Yeah, you saw me on Conan, and I'm the pride of your neighborhood. No, 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 no. I see how this works. Anyway, what's a good you teacher? Don't, you don't get to do that. <laughs> no, no, not not to a Jersey kid. We hold grudges. Anyway, I've made it way too much about me. What's a good teacher? What's a bad teacher? Oh. What are the bullet points? Well, for me, I I believe that um, I just I I think at least what I try to do with my students is connect with them and model being a good person, model being somebody who values learning, somebody who values hard work. Um, Responsibility is a really big thing. Taking responsibility for your words and your actions and in an authentic way and um, trying to um, just trying to create good people. Um, and I think that, you know, when I look back, when I was a student, the most impactful thing for me was, were the teachers that cared about me, especially coming from a big family. They knew my entire family. Um, all of my teachers, some of them had my, my mom when she went through the school system. So she, the, the teachers that took the time to get to know me as an individual outside of all of that and me as a learner and tried to really help me become a good person and to accept my mistakes and to kind of lift me up in that way, um, that's what made the most impact on me as a student. And so I try to do that for, um, other for, hold on one second. Thank you. Sorry. No, you got teacher <laughs> the stuff to do. Just wanted to come in. 
No, he just tried to come in and clean my room. (laughs) Sorry, I'm on a podcast Um, spilling the tea about the system. (laughs) Um, You know, that's what I try to do. I try to be that person for them, and I try to, you know, um, just try to give them the tools that is going to give, allow them to be successful. And so... um, that's, I, I want them to be successful in life, whatever that means for them. And so, um, you know, I think that's what a good teacher is. I think that they, they recognize that these are human beings and that they have a very unique opportunity to, um, to touch a lot of lives and to, I mean, the best thing is when students come back you know, I'm in an elementary school when students come back and they, you know, talk to you and they want to know your opinion and they want to, um, get your advice. And for me, I can teach you about (laughs) multiplication and I can teach you about all of those things. But after school is going to come to an end at some point and you're going to need a lot of life skills that are going to make you good humans and are go- and you're going to form the world that I'm going to live in if I ever retire. So, <laughs> so that's what I, that's, that's my goal is to, you know, I think that that's a good teacher, somebody who recognizes that you're, you, you're working with children that you have a unique opportunity to reach them in a way that, no one else really has. And um, for me, that's a good teacher because those are the good teachers when I went to school. Um, bad teachers, I don't know. The ones that I, I, those are the teachers that I gravitate towards as a professional. Those teachers that recognize um, that part of the job. Those are the teachers that I seek advice from. Those are the teachers that I gravitate towards. Um, bad teachers is a is a hard. It's a hard because it's different for everybody, you know. Um, but I think that the ones that try that they they, the ones that frustrate me the most are the ones that like make sure that they look good in front of administration and they check all the boxes and they, I mean, the ones that kiss ass basically, sorry, Sally. And, you know, and then. You don't have to apologize for ass. I recently said cunt, so you're good. (laughs) (laughs) She's already Uh, turned this one off as soon as she heard her youngest son say cunt. (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, you're saying. Now, Now three times. Yes. Yes. Milking it hard. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like those, the, the ones that are just doing it for the show and that really bugs me because it's not always perfect. It's not always, um, it doesn't always look good. It doesn't always, it's very messy. And I think that um, it doesn't do us any favors when you know, you try to make everything look perfect and, and you check all the boxes and, you know, 
have you really done your job? If you ask, if I ask one of my kids, who is their, you know, who is your second grade teacher? And they're like, uh, you know, like I, I, for me, that's the most important part of my job. And so I don't know. And sometimes they're just not going to get what you're teaching them. They're just not. And it's okay. Like you say, you do walk around with the calculator all the time in your pocket. So, I mean, as long as I can teach you when to use the calculator appropriately. That makes me so sad (laughs) that you're quoting my anti-education rants from a different episode. Oh, no. No, no. No, because it is true. No, because that's a common thing that people say, like, when am I going to use this? Why? And it's not about the... It's not about the using. It's not about the, the actually, you can, I use my calculator all the time, but you need to know when to use it. So if I can teach you that and, you, and I can teach you how to use it appropriately, then I think I've done my job. Let me ask you, you this on I mean? that topic, because I've, I've ranted about math before and you clearly heard it <laughs> and I'm a little ashamed of that right now. But let me ask you this. You should not be. Well, well, it, it ties into a question that I think you'll have insight on, which is that, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, but I want to hear your opinion. I loved school. I loved school until fourth grade, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to be talking yeah. to you. Because here's the thing. So third grade in West Orange, there is this thing called the high aptitude program, where like the really smart mm-hmm. three, four, five kids from each elementary school were sent to the Board of Education building to have like advanced classes. It was very elitist in a way that I look back on. I don't love, but so I was in a rare situation where I was in the high aptitude program. They put me on a bus and have me leave my school to go hang out with the other smarty pants kids. I think it was Uh on Wednesdays. And then I would get bused back to my elementary school. And later that same day, I would take the special math class. Because when it came to creative writing, I would sit there and you'd have to pull me away from the desk. History, you'd have to pull my nose out of the book and I could memorize everything. Like I'd Mm -hmm. read a thing and be able to quote it back to the teacher. And then math, I mean, I'd drive back on the bus the same day and I'd be in the math class where, and I'm not disparaging it, I was in the class, but it would be like baseballs Mm -hmm. cost $2, a football costs $5.50. How many of each do you Mm -hmm. have to buy for it to total $14 or whatever it was? And I'd sit there so frustrated and unable to do the math. And I'd be worked up. Sometimes I would cry. I'd go to the bathroom to cry because I didn't, I wanted, and and Mm -hmm. here's the problem I have with my education experience. And I don't know if it, maybe some of it was on me, some of it was on the system back then. Maybe it's changed. What I never understood looking back on it was legitimately, why did I have to do math? And I ask that as a legitimate question. Because if they had told me, hey, yeah, you, in fourth grade, it was clear, I'm not going to pursue anything academic or professional ever that involves math. <laughs> I, I look back, I've come to learn that yeah. there's actually like a version of dyslexia relating to math that I wonder if I have. Because to this yes. day, I can't do simple uh-huh. math in my head. Why, didn't they, why don't mm-hmm. they pull kids like me aside and go, yeah, you're the history and creative writing guy. Not gonna make you worry as much. There's there's other stuff for you to do. Why can't they do that? Hmm. Well, I think because 
because things might surprise you, you know, like mm. I, I, I never thought that I was going to be, I mean, listen, I was like obsessed with reading when I was, I was not as good in math. It didn't make as much sense to me. I could memorize stuff, which is why I did well until high school, because then I couldn't apply it to any higher math concepts. Yeah, that even um, critical thinking. But yeah. yeah, I couldn't do any of that because I was just memorizing. I was like, oh, you put the one up here. Okay. Now you add it to the, all of those. Okay. I, I can do oh, that. God, this, and I can I'm already the so right answer. Just hearing you say I'm carry so the one. Sorry. I'm like, oh, God, put the one up where? <laughs> I don't know to this day where you put the one. Anyway, you go, you but, go, you go. <laughs> I will say, I think, you know, we teach math very, very, very different. And you'll see when your son goes through school, we teach math very differently. And I think a lot of parents are frustrated by it. That's mostly what I talk about when I um, have parent-teacher conferences is they're like, when I help my son or daughter with, uh, with homework, I can't do it. So I just tell them the way that I do it. And then, you know, I'm just being very upfront. And I understand that because when I became a teacher, I had to relearn how to do all of that too. Um, because we teach it a very different way. Um, it's a lot more focused on like number sense and manipulating numbers in different ways. I think it goes a little overboard sometimes there's, you know, there has to be, a um, some sort of a middle ground when it comes to, um, uh, the calculation, I mean, of, they do need to know how to calculate numbers, you know, but, um, I guess so. All right. I'll begrudgingly uh, give it yeah, to you that it's good if I kids mean, know I how think, to add. I think so. <laughs> I'll begrudgingly admit so. it. I, but also if you, if you asked me when I was in school, what kind of a teacher I was going to be, I would have never said a math teacher ever, ever, ever. I would have said, I, I, want to be an ELA teacher because I love to read and I, that's like the world where I can be myself. But, um, but I, then I taught special ed math for five years and I loved it. I love teaching math. And it's, I think it's because I understand the kids who are like, this makes no sense to me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Let's make it make sense. So I That's think cool. I could have used I you. I needed you. <laughs> My whole life would I have think, been different. Well, and I think that that's the, the tides. I, I think that that's the goal. And I know that I know that there are a lot of parents that are frustrated with math and, oh, my God, the Facebook posts about, like, can you believe this? Look at how much less time it takes. It's like, yeah, but do you know what you're really doing? Do you, were you able to apply any of that to, you know, algebra um, when you got to high school, probably not. And, you know, it could have, it could have impacted me if I learned math this new way, maybe it, maybe it would have impacted my life in a different way. I don't know, but I know that I can help kids who don't get math understand it a little bit more. Is this so, new way you talk about the yeah. one where I hear they got to touch their fingers together all the time? <laughs> Isn't that a thing now? No, that's touch math. You touch that's your a, fingers and now you know how to divide. That's a strategy. <laughs> I've heard about this. It is a strategy that we use, but uh, yeah, it's more of like breaking numbers down and manipulating them in different ways and um, 
really, it gives you a better understanding of, of what you're actually doing when you're multiplying, when you're dividing, when you're um, adding and subtracting. I feel like they get a better number sense. And also, again, with the human aspect, you got to understand that, you know what, sometimes you're not going to use it. And so, you know, you just, you got to, you got to move on and then you won't use it and it's not going to, you know, make a difference. I want to be clear. You said you need to teach kids what they're doing when they're multiplying and dividing. I knew what I was doing when I was multiplying and dividing. I was sweating through my clothes and having a panic attack. That's what I was doing. (laughs) Every math test I took in seventh grade, the guy was the girl's soccer coach. And he was, he was like a coach. He was Uh always like, just tough it out. Every math test I had, I, I would have diarrhea. I would go to the bathroom. He thought I was cheating on my tests and hiding a math book in there. I'm like, no, this gives me so much anxiety that I get diarrhea every time. Oh, does anybody want to address that or help me as a kid? No, you're on your own. It's the wolves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely, believe me, it's definitely very different than when, when even I went to school. Yeah. Um, it is. It's just a different, it's a different environment, I think. Um, it, it is, it is different. And That's there are cool. different challenges too. And when you see, but, um, I have to imagine when you see a kid who's scared of math, like I was, or who is terrified to read a story they wrote, cause they're not the creative writing kid. And then by the end of the mm-hmm. year, they love math or they write a beautiful story that all the other kids like, and then they get to yeah. feel proud of that. You must be, that must be mm-hmm. why you're like this is why I hang up the projects when I should be going home on a Friday. That's got to be the best. Absolutely. It is the best. It is the best. It is, uh, you know, or like you, when they echo things that I've said to them, (laughs) like, um, like I was having a really rough day and this kid brings this little index card up to me and she goes, and she just gives it to me and then like goes, and lines up and it's just like this beautiful note about like you work so hard and you're you really care about us and you're such a good teacher and um i'm just really happy to be in fourth grade it's just like oh my god what like this is this is what that is if you could just bottle that and you know do you um, just quietly weep in that moment and then get that framed immediately oh oh yeah and then you and then you bring them to special and then you openly weep in your classroom um, because you know it's <laughs> I mean listen at the end of a at the end of a Friday many times you're weeping because of something like that or because of something else I mean it's a very emotional job <laughs> for and me if so, I'm if I'm doing the math right which again I am probably not. Um, but you've been teaching for seven years, fourth grade. This means your first wave of kids is probably going to go off to college in the next year. Um, well. Or maybe you didn't always teach fourth grade. Not exactly. Only because I didn't always teach fourth grade. Got it. Yeah. So I started off, um, but actually, yeah, I think, so when I started off, I'm a general ed teacher now. I started off in special ed and, um, and my first kids, I taught a fifth and sixth grade combined class. So uh, my this is the first year that um, 
I will have seniors graduating that I taught, which is, so I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy yeah, that's um, that I, and it, cause it doesn't seem that long ago. Um, it doesn't seem that long ago that I had them, you know, those memories are still very <laughs> fresh. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, and they do like a walkout at the, um, the end of the year, they walk through a building and we, you know, we clap for them and, um, all of the seniors that are going to graduate the high school that year. And it's going to be the first year that I actually know kids that are, <laughs> that are graduating. So it's, uh, that's, a. Uh, I mean, mostly it makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> my sister, my sister, I come from a family of teachers, so my sister is also a teacher, and she sent me a screenshot. Um, one of her former students, she's a middle school teacher. One of her former students was um, running for council. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, um, oh, I can't vote like, for that. Young can't for vote for that kitty. <laughs> you couldn't even listen you want your mind blown we've been talking for over an hour have we really yeah we're we're like a minute over already this one flew oh man there's so many other things i know about unfortunately i had to ramble a lot about getting revenge on my sophomore year history teacher so (laughs) i'm sorry about that I do. It's probably the best. I do want to say a couple of things. First of all, thank you, because despite all my uh, blustery opinions on school, I know that the the real deal teachers that are getting in there and rolling up their sleeves to help kids that those are heroes. That those are heroes, and they're doing things the right way. And I rant about the bad experience because I'm an exaggerator, but I need to thank you, and I need to thank all the other teachers out there doing things the right way. And like I said at the beginning, you're all criminally underpaid in the public schools. Your union is a good thing, not a bad thing, and uh, and I hope that you keep fighting the good fight. And let me thank you again sincerely. You offered a lot of perspective. I'm also so happy to hear a lot of the things that I'm bitter about from when I was a kid that you're like, no, we do things really differently. <laughs> and most of all, North Jersey, baby, yeah. go Yanks. That's right. We also have a wellness period now Ooh. in our schedule, so... Yay for mental health. I would have loved that. Glad to hear it. Thank you for doing what you do. All right. Thank you, Chris. It was so nice to talk to you. I want to thank our teacher so much for filling us in. Sorry, guys, that I was so exhausted and rambled with some stories. I hope they entertained you, and I hope that we still managed to hear a lot about what life is like right now on the front lines of teaching. Also, wanted to plug a site. I learned about it. I did Stephen Colbert's show, and they give out gift certificates to this site that I've later contributed to on my own as well. It's called DonorsChoose.org. There are a lot of public schools that are so underfunded that teachers are actually responsible for buying their supplies. And when I say buying their supplies, I mean you can go on this site and find classrooms where the teachers say, please, we need pencils. We need markers that aren't dried out. We need an iPad. If we can get a used iPad to run education programs on, it would help these kids. DonorsChoose.org, I think, is such a well-intentioned site. You can find actual classrooms run by individual teachers in your town or your county, your neighborhood, where there are kids who need stuff, and you can throw in a couple bucks and help them have literal notebooks, pencils, art supplies. 
So it's a site well worth checking out. Thank you so much for considering it. Thank you to our caller for calling. Thank you, Jared O'Connell in the booth. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. If you want to know more about me, chrisgeth.com. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, subscribe. It really, really helps when you do. And thank you so much for supporting the show. Me.